time when things are shifting. We're going to be a new world order. We've got to lead it. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, what's up, guys? It is Friday, March 3rd, and we welcome you to tonight's program. I am your host, Ricky Scaparo, the founder, the pastor, and the voice of End Time Headlines. We welcome you tonight uh, to our broadcast. If this is your first time joining us and you're new, Please let us know in the comment section below uh, and let us know where you guys are joining us from. Real quick, before we get into tonight's topic, if you've not downloaded our free app, please go and do that tonight. Go do it today. Um, it is available on Apple. It's available on Android. Once you get it downloaded, hit yes to push notifications, and you're going to get every headline and every podcast when it's readily available, and you're going to be set to go. If you're watching this platform by Rumble, YouTube, Facebook Live, or by the main website, under the description of this video, there is a place where it says download our free app. There's a link. Just simply click on that link at the end of this broadcast, and it's going to take you right to the page where you can download the app. So don't forget to do that. And, of course, hit the subscribe button. Uh, share this video um, with your family, your friends, your neighbors, and those that you would like to influence with the gospel. So what are we going to be talking about tonight on this Friday, March 3rd? I want to talk about this story uh, that is coming out of the state of Texas. I knew that when we shared this on our main website, that this was going to be an interesting a point of conversation. So let's get after this. I want to bring you to the article. Uh, this is from the Christian Post. Texas pastor goes viral for his recent sermon describing his proposition or describing a proposition from what he called a perfect woman. According to the report, a Texas mega pastor, Jonathan Pacluda, who is the lead pastor at Harris Creek Baptist Church near Waco, Texas, sent many into a frenzy on the internet, on social media. Why did he send them into a frenzy on social media uh, it was so bad that he actually said that he was praying for those that got offended by an illustration that he shared during a sermon he gave and where in which uh, he was criticized for describing a woman's physique in a moment of temptation. Unbelievable. Uh, we're going to talk about this tonight. So this is where we're, this is what we're going to talk about tonight. His viral comments uh, he made. While sharing a story about meeting a male colleague, a college friend, excuse me, a male college friend for dinner while his wife, Monica, was out of town nearly two decades ago, again, sent many into a frenzy. So without further ado, let me give you the video clip that they're talking about. Let's watch it together. And then we're going to we're going to discuss this. Ready? Here we go. Again, this is from uh, Harris Creek Baptist Church. So we want to give them the credit for this. This is from the sermon Foolproof Love. By the way, I, I listened to many of much of this just hit and miss while I was going through and pulling out this clip. And it was a great message. 
I didn't see anything wrong with this message. He was talking about dealing with temptations and how we've got to discipline ourselves and everything. But here's the part that send people over the edge. Ready? Uh, here we go. Monica and I got married 18 years ago. We lived in her, moved into her little apartment and she went out of town for a weekend to see a friend and I had a friend coming through town from college, a buddy from college, and so he says, hey, do you want to grab dinner? And so he and I went to dinner. We're catching up over chips and queso, having a great time. My wife's out, my new wife is out of town, and this woman walked up to us, and, and she was perfect, physically beautiful. Everything was in the right place. Beautiful. And so I just assumed she's, coming up to my friend because he's got a lot going for him. And she turns to me and says, can I buy you a drink? And I look at him and I start to laugh because I'm thinking like, is this a joke? Like am I being punked right now? You know, Ashton Kutcher's gonna jump out of the bushes or something and, and, and she doesn't laugh and I look and I can see she's sincere and I say, oh, I'm married. Like that. And she says, well, is she here? Because I don't care. And in that moment, it felt like I got struck by lightning. I was terrified and excited all at the same time. And I'm a new Christian. Like, I barely know anything, but I know my wife's out of town, and I, my brain for a minute begins to scheme around, okay, how do I get us away from him so that he, and I need to, what is that going to look like? I need to get her number, and I'm sitting there in the situation, and I hardly know any Bible, but I know Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. Somebody has said, hey, you should, you're starting to read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read a proverb a day. On the first, read one. On the second, read two. There's 31 chapters. And I knew Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. And the only thing, the saving grace in that situation was I looked at that woman and I thought, oh, she hates me. She doesn't love me. She wants my wife to hate me. And she wants my in-laws to hate me. And she wants my parents to hate me. And she wants my unborn children to hate me. For, for just, you know, a few minutes of ecstasy, she wants to take my life and burn it to the ground. So we could go on with this sermon, but again, we see here this, the part they didn't, they ignored every single thing he said here, except for when he made the emphasis that he described this woman, uh, as perfect. And this is what, uh, and I'm going to give you this quote, physically beautiful, uh, perfect in every way. So, uh, again, the, the reason why people went into a frenzy over this statement was because oh, I can't believe he would say this about this woman and he's married and he's stereotyping, et cetera, et cetera. Guys, okay, listen, let me say this right off the bat and we're, we're going to plow into some scriptures in just a minute. First of all, the guy is saying here that he was a he was a newborn. He was kind of a baby Christian. He was, he was new into his Christian walk and his Christian faith. He just got married. And he even said he didn't know a lot of scriptures, but he knew Proverbs, Proverbs chapter five. So the guy was being real. 
I mean, have we got to the point in the church today that we can't have real talk? This is the problem where we're at in the church today. We can't, there is taboo topics and subjects that the church cannot talk about it. Pastors can't talk about it. Evangelists can't talk about it. It has been, it's, it's, it's a no go from the pulpit. We can't talk about topics that are taboo. I call it real talk. We need to have, we've got to have real talk in the church house, in the pulpits. And this is the problem. And because we don't have real talk, people that hear real talk when it's presented like kudos to this. And by the way, can I say this? I've never heard this man preach before. I don't know him, not familiar with him, didn't know the church, never heard him preach, but kudos to this guy. This guy is preaching real talk. And the reason why it is offensive to some of you is because you have been pacified behind your pulpit of your church. And you're not used to real talk preaching. In this three minute clip that was pulled from this entire Message is again, once again, not surprised because these people love doing this. They do it to me. I'll, I'll preach an hour message and they'll take a two minute or three minute snippet and they'll form an entire blog or message based on slandering me for something not even in context of what I said and making it something that they have formed their opinion around. And this is what they did with this man's man. Because it's interesting, they don't talk about anything else but this one part. So I want to read a little bit more of this. After the woman, again, we heard the video. We heard all of it. He, he uh, number one, he didn't act upon it. Number two, he showed the woman he was married it didn't, it didn't offend her. She didn't care. She was an adulteress. As Proverbs 5 talks about, Proverbs 6 talks about, um, the book of James talks about this. The Bible is filled with it. In the New Testament talks about an adulterous woman has led many to hell. In fact, let me just read. I'm going to read a little bit of Proverbs 5. This is the, this is the, uh, this is the passage that this pastor, I believe the Holy Spirit brought to his mind, to his remembrance, and he used this as a weapon. And listen what it says. Uh, 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 Consequently, Solomon, who wrote this, said, My son, pay attention to wisdom, my wisdom. Lend your ear to my understanding that you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. Listen what it says in verse 3. This is Proverbs 5 and 3. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey and her mouth is smoother than oil. Notice this woman came to him and she had smooth talk. And come on, it's, and come on, ladies. It's not just the men who are smooth talkers. There's women out there as well. Listen what it says about this is the description of these type of women. But in the end, she's bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell. Lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable and you do not know them. Let me go on down here. Remove your way far from her 
And do not go near to the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the cruel one, lest aliens be filled with your wealth and your laborers go to the house of a foreigner. And you mourn at last when your flesh and your body are consumed and say, quote, how I have hated instruction and my heart despised correction. I have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to those who have instructed me verse 15 drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well and he goes on and it talks about here that uh that those who are succumb to an adulteress they um they are trapped in her smooth talk It talks about here that they are caught in the cords of their own sin and they will die from lack of instruction. So, uh, first of all, instead of cutting down this man for giving his opinion on what he described as physically perfect to him. And let me just give you a verse of scripture for that, by the way. And we're going to go back to Proverbs 5. Uh, let's go here to James chapter one. Uh, I believe this is chapter one. Yes. Verse 12. Let me pull this up for you. I want you to follow along with me here. Proverbs, or I'm sorry, James chapter one, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted. I am tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt any one. Look at verse 14 of James one, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Let me say that one more time. Each one that's you, that's me. That's all of us. I don't care if you've been saved five years, 10 years or 50 years. We're all of us are tempted when we are drawn away and enticed by our own desires. So what in the world is James saying here? What he's saying is here is that each and every believer out there has their own weaknesses. Now you, you may, your weakness may not be lust. Your weakness, your weakness may be your mouth. You, you can't make it a day without saying four letter words. You hit your thumb and four letter words come out. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Four letter words come out. You drop a plate and it breaks on the floor and four letter words come out. Some of you, your weakness is anger. Every little thing sets you over the edge. Traffic. Shopping, kids, people, the internet, social media. You wake up and you're ticked off at the world. Come on, somebody. Some of you have a weakness towards money. God, you, you've wondered why you have not 
been entrusted with a lot of money and it's because you can't be faithful over what is little. And the Bible says that if you can be faithful over what is little, God will make you ruler over what is much. So God is not going to bless you with an abundance of much if you can't even be good steward of what is little. Oh, that's good preaching, Brother Ricky. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Here's what I'm trying to say. That this man, according to his own admission, he tells you when we read on down here, He says here, just for a few minutes of ecstasy, she wants to take my life and burn it to the ground. And again, that's exactly what Solomon warned his son and those who would listen. Those who would listen to his words, which he uttered in Proverbs, that if you listen to my wise counsel and you heed my words, then it will keep you. From these type of people. It will keep you from this woman. And guys, listen, this goes for the man too. So this can be reversed. It can keep you from the smooth talking man. Come on, ladies. It can keep you from the, come on, let's use some modern vernacular from the player and from the players that had no intent. They don't care about where you go to church. They don't care if you, if you do go to church or if you're a, a believer or, a, but they don't care about your family. They're, they only want one thing from you and you know what that is. Okay. But we've got to use wisdom in an interview last November with accountability app covenant eyes. Pakluda. I really hope I'm not mispronouncing his name. And if I am, brother, I apologize. He said, despite being raised in the church, listen to this. He struggled with drugs and pornography. Hello. Again, James chapter one. These are the things that are the enticements to him on a personal level. So how can we be mad at this brother if he is being honest and open, listen, if, if this brother cannot be open and honest to us as brothers and sisters, who can he be open and honest to? Oh, come on. I'm going to preach it today because we need to get this out. We need to talk about this. This is real. You've got people in your church and your small groups. You've got, there's all these people out there and they are struggling in these areas. You got people that are struggling and smoking and drinking and alcohol and pornography and all kinds of things. And this stuff is kept behind closed doors in the, in the dark, in the, in the secret. And there's, and there, many of these people, uh, they're broken over this. They're depressed over this because there's no one they can open up to because they fear that they're going to be judged just like this guy did right here. Here he is as a pastor and he's coming out and he's saying, guys, listen, and I'm paraphrasing. This woman was everything that I wanted physically in a woman. The devil brought the total package right to him. And isn't that just how the devil is? Listen, Oh, come on. Let's since we're, listen, we're doing real talk. Let's do real talk for a moment. 
Let's do real talk. And I'm talking about the devil will tempt you in any area if it means the defeat of you and your walk with Christ. Let me say that again. The devil will tempt you in any area as long as the outcome of it is your defeat uh, in your walk with God and your relationship with God. If it can keep you from being successful in your walk with God, keep you from being the man or the woman of God that God's called you to be, if it can prevent you and hinder you from fulfilling your destiny and your purpose, then come on, Satan knows how to package it up, put all the bells and whistles on it, and get it right to your doorstep. Whether that looks like a bag of weed, whether that looks like something in a bottle, whether that looks like something in a bikini. Come on, this is good preaching if somebody's willing to receive this. Come on, ladies. Satan will send you the man of your dreams. And it's probably not going to be a Holy Ghost spirit filled Bible believing man, he's probably going to be physically everything that you physically desire. He's going to have lots of money. He's going to have wealth. He's going to have prestige. He's going to have influence. He's going to have the six pack abs. He's going to have everything you want physically, but and Satan will make sure that you are so intentive and focused on all the bells and whistles that you miss the fine print that is in the fine fine print and the, and then the fine print that you never bothered looking at because it looks so good and it was so desirable. You say to yourself, what could possibly go wrong? So, but in the fine print, what you don't know is that this dude is a Jeffrey Dahmer. This dude is a, a woman abuser. He molests women. He abuses them. He has a whole history of this. Listen, I remember years ago, there was a dating show that was on. I want to say it was the love connection. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm showing my age, but there was a, I promise you, there was a, you can look it up. You can YouTube, but it's a very, uh, it was a very popular story. It was a true story, but there was this dating show in which you had a woman come out and then you had three men in which uh, she couldn't see them, but they would interview or they would talk to one another. She would ask questions. They would answer these questions. And then based on their personalities, the, how they answer these questions, she could either reject a date with them or she would uh, accept a date with them. What, uh, one of the individuals, one of the contestants uh, that was the men that she could choose from ended up actually being a, uh, he killed women. He was a serial killer, I believe. There was multiple women that he had killed and she was, and in, in the interview, she was thanking God that she didn't pick this man because she could have been the next victim. What am I talking about? Again, the smooth talking. This is how, look at, look it up, look at all these cases and this is how it goes. And I'm saying it goes with both things, men, women. What I'm trying to tell you is again, Satan knows how to package it up. Let's go back to the scriptures. James one, let no man say that he is tempted of God, but every man or woman is tempted when they are enticed, when they're led by their own desires. There's, I call them hooks. We all have them. Come on, this is real talk today. We all have those hooks in us. Your friends don't know it. Maybe some of them might. If you're open and you're 
and you're real to them and they're real to you. Your family may not know this. Your uh, your church friends, your pastor, pe- some people don't know the real you, your real faults, your real vulnerabilities, your real weaknesses, these real hooks. I call them hooks because these hooks is what Satan tries to latch on to, whether it's pride, whether it's fear, whether it's lust, whether it's insecurities. Whether it's uh, whatever it is, these little hooks that Satan tries to hook in. So, and let me just go back to this. Let me show you. Let me go back to this story. If you're going to blast this man, then what are you going to do? Are you going to blast your husband? When your husband is out on a business meeting or he's out of town or he's having dinner with his friend or whatever the case may be, and a beautiful woman comes in and, and, and throws herself at him, are you going to get mad that he is, uh, and he, look, watch this, he rejects her, he passes the test, but then is he going to feel comfortable coming to you at home and being real with you and saying, look, I'm just going to be honest with you. The devil showed up at dinner last night and he didn't have a pitchfork. He didn't have horns. He didn't have a red cape on. He came in a mini skirt. He came as a blonde or brunette or redhead or dark complexed or whatever. He came as this image and tempted me, but thank God that I was able to resist the temptation. Now, is he going to be able to be honest with you or are you going to become defensive because he dis- the descriptions that he used about this woman was something you didn't want to hear, so you ignored and shut off all the other information, like the fact that he resisted her, the fact that he told her that he was married, the fact that he was able to walk away. That stuff didn't matter. It was all about, well, I can't believe he described her to be perfect, and he described her body shape, and he said this or that. Come on, somebody. Listen, it reminds me of the story in in Genesis chapter 39 when Joseph was in Egypt and he had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, who was an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guard, brought him him from the Ishmaelites, taking him into his own home. And there, when he was there, Potiphar's wife had eyes for Joseph. Let me just read this in your Bible. The Bible says this. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, this is Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. Just in case you don't understand what longing eyes were, she had eyes full of lust. So she is throwing herself at Joseph, proposing herself to Joseph. But the Bible says in verse eight, he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me 
in the house and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than me, nor has he kept back anything from me, but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Notice he said, not sin against Potiphar, but he said, I'll sin against God if I do this. So it was as he spoke to Joseph as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not give heed to her. So this, she came at him every single day. So eventually it got to the point where she grabbed him and demanded that she lay with him. But he wiggled his way out and her, his garment was left in her hand and he ran outside and we all know the story. She ended up lying on him, making up a lie against him. Come on. That's just like Jezebel, isn't it? So what am I talking about? I'm talking about, come on. We, we as body, uh, we as believers, we as believers, have got to get over this tippy-toeing around and skirting around these issues that are taboo issues. Nobody wants to talk about pornography behind the pulpit. Nobody wants to talk about masturbation. Nobody wants to talk about lust. Nobody wants to talk about drugs. Nobody wants to talk about these things. These are, these are topics, situations, and issues that the body of Christ keeps trying to sweep under the rug. And we think we've got this mentality. Well, if we don't talk about it and we just silence it and we be quiet about it and sweep it under the rug, it will all go away. And the problem is when someone comes forth and confronts it head on and is real about it, then people get offended about it. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's unbelievable. So he goes on. Let me go back to the article. The pastor says, I was raised in the church, was raised, I was raised Catholic, went to Baptist youth group. I was overchurched. I always called myself a Christian. He was quoted as saying, but I was totally addicted to pornography. I've wrestled with drugs, cocaine, ecstasy, ecstasy. I smoked weed every day of my life for a season. I, I, he said, I suffered with alcoholism. All of that is part of my journey. Nothing enslaved me like porn. So this is why, listen, this is why the devil didn't tempt him with weed or cocaine or ecstasy. No, it was lust. This was the hook that that Satan was going to try to enslave him with and cause this man to stumble knowing he would have lost it all. He would have lost his wife. He would have lost his ministry. He would have lost everything, just like Joseph. Joseph said, nope, no, thank you. Now, let me just, uh, since we're being real, let me go to a verse of scripture. Then I'm going to share a, a personal testimony myself. First Corinthians 10. Let me pull this scripture up here. Ready? This is first Corinthians 10. I know this is a little different today. This is not end times prophecy and we're not talking about the antichrist and the false prophet and all this stuff. No, we're talking real talk today. First Corinthians 10, 12 through 14. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. In other words, preacher, whoever you are, man of God, woman of God, 
you better be careful going around boasting about how righteous you are and looking down on every on all these other brothers and sisters that have fallen into sin or weaknesses or they've stumbled or they've slipped up or they backslid and you go around with your arrogance and your pride looking down on them instead of praying for them and restoring one back into the faith and this is why paul said to the church of corinth he said take heed who he who thinks he stands you better take heed lest you fall let me give you my modern translation of this just because you see them fall in an area that you think that you're so super spiritual and and so full of the uh of the spirit of god that you would never succumb to that temptation so you look down on them you better take heed to that because the same temptation they're tempted with don't think that satan doesn't know your hooks my friend don't think he can't show up with something at your door and in a package and a bow and a ribbon ready for you to open it up Listen to verse 13. I'm still in the scripture. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you're able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So what in the world is the apostle Paul talking about here? What he's saying is every single temptation that you and I are tempted with. Yes, Satan will bring the package. Come on. But God will always provide a way of escape it might be running out the back door it might be leaving the restaurant it might be getting up from the table it might be hanging up the phone it might be turning off the television it might be getting rid of your cell phone putting some blocks and filters on your cell phone or your television or cable get rid of the cable get rid of this get rid of that get rid of some friends hello I don't know what your temptation is, but God makes a way of escape so that you are not tempted beyond measure. So I remember many years ago, listen, I'm going to tell this story. Uh, listen, how far have we gone? We've gone 33 minutes. Let me give you this story. And then I'm going to pray for some folks. Many years ago, I worked at a construction supply company and uh, there, while I was working there, there was a woman that worked there that was, pretty fairly attractive um or at least in my opinion just like this brother you know he he described i wouldn't say she was in his eyes perfect what his description was but she was she was attractive she had a good personality um pretty much checked all the marks now here i am i'm a married man i have one child at this time uh and she's very flirtatious and you all, you probably already know where this is going so eventually one day she uh proposed herself to me there was a proposition to me uh we could go over here and on the the on the and and listen everything i'm telling you guys my wife already knows about this by the way because my listen my wife and i have real talk there's things that she has shared with me of her temptations and i've shared with her and we prayed for one another and we've got through these things and we're still going strong at 23 years of age and we've both remained faithful listen just because you're tempted doesn't mean you've sinned 
Come on, I, I needed to say that to somebody today. Just because you're tempted, just because the thoughts are there, doesn't mean that you have sinned. Okay, so let me get back to the story. So there was the offer. Bam, right there, flat out. So my heart is racing. Why? Because in the flesh, my, because listen, I can relate to this brother. I was raised in a home filled with all kinds of sexual immorality. Now, what do I mean by sexual immorality? It was, uh, there was fornication going on. There was adultery going on. There was pornography that was prevalent. Nude images everywhere because of magazines and videos and this. So even at a young age, I was flooded with this stuff. So I, I can relate to this guy. I understand. So that was one of the hooks that I'm talking about. And even to this day, I have to, I have to guard my eyes. I have to guard my mind. I have to be conscious. I have to be aware of what I'm around, what I'm doing, what I'm looking at, who I'm with. Are you listening to me today? So Satan knew that. So here he comes that day. He said, here it is. Here's a package. Here's the bow. Here's the ribbon. It is free. There's no now. Yeah, there was a cost to it, friend. It didn't cost me any money. I didn't have to do anything about it. It was there. It was available for me. And just like this brother said, there could have been that those moments of ecstasy. But I knew enough of the word of God to understand that in the fine print of that package was what the Holy Ghost began to show me. Because as soon as the proposition was made, my heart is racing because my flesh is excited. My mind is racing. I'm trying to cast those thoughts down, but it's racing. Come on, I'm being real. But then, taking deep breaths, I get alone. And I start, I start praying immediately. I said, God, you've got to help me. Because the Bible says, casting down every imagination and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So I began to pray and I began to earnestly do this. And then all of a sudden, it was like there was this reprieve. It was like everything lifted off of me. And all of a sudden, the it was, and I'm just using a paraphrase here, okay? So just bear with me. It was like the Holy Ghost showed me the fine print of this package became very bold and it large print. And I began to clearly see what the fine print said and it said something to the to the essential uh it said something to uh there goes your marriage there goes your relationship with your child there goes your ministry here comes an std here comes something that uh you're never going to get rid of here comes the destruction of your entire life for those fleeting moments of pleasure. And at that moment, I just took a deep breath. So I gathered my thoughts. I prayed. And once I built up the strength, I just, I, she came to me again and I flat out rebuked her and said, I, you know, I'm married. I was like, um, I, you know, I'm a man of God and I listen, I put, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I, I almost said, I put that Jezebel in her place. 
But she, listen, she didn't know the Lord. So, you know, I had to use some grace there. But now, that doesn't say there wasn't a Jezebel spirit on her. There was definitely a spirit on her of lust. But I, I, I tried, but she knew I was a man of God. She just, but again, what am I talking about? Satan doesn't play fair. He doesn't care. And he's looking for the hooks and you and I to, to cause us to stumble and cause us to fall. So listen, don't beat up this guy. If, if you, if you see comments under this on Facebook, or Instagram or wherever you may have seen this story that we shared on end time headlines and you people and you see people trashing this guy really go and show them this video. Tell them, listen, you need to wake up and you need to, let's just cheer this guy on. Let's applaud this guy that he honored his wife. Can we not just for a moment, just honor this guy that he, uh, he respected his wife and that he resisted the temptation instead of bashing this guy because I can't believe he defined this woman to be perfect. Why? Because he didn't describe you? Hello? Okay, can we just get over being offended and get real with this? So here's how we're going sh- uh, to close this, this podcast tonight. So if you're watching, you're listening. I'm closing my eyes, by the way, if you're watching, because I want to be in tune with the Holy Spirit right now. If you're watching and you're listening to this program, and maybe you are, uh, as we've been talking, you recognize you've got those hooks in you. You know what those hooks are. You know what they are. God knows what they are. And Satan knows what they are. And maybe you're watching this and you're listening to this right now. And Satan has got a package at your front door. And he's been ringing that doorbell, trying to get you to open that door and open that package. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about somebody at your work that's flirting with you. Somebody on Facebook, somebody on Twitter. I mean, come on. It's a, I mean, the package is there. It's ready for you to open it. I'm talking about, I don't know what man or woman I'm talking to tonight. But that package is there and it's sent direct. It is a first class package sent straight from the pits of hell to your front door. And you're going to have to make a choice. Either you're going to open that door and open that package, or you're going to put a return to sender and send that thing straight to the pits of hell where which it came from. And this, listen, it may not be a man. It may not be a woman. It may not be lust. It may be, listen, Satan may be sending you some old drug pushers to your door. Some people used to hang out with, they used to party with the drugs there, the alcohols there, whatever the case. Listen, whatever's in that package, it's at your front door and you're going to have to decide what you're going to do. You're either going to open that package and the wages of sin is death, or you're going to have to, or you're going to slap a return to sender on that thing and send it back to hell in which it came forth to do. So listen, I want to pray for you right now. If that's you, you're watching today. We want to pray for you and get and pray that, that God will strengthen you, strengthen us, all of us. Cause listen, every man and woman who has flesh and blood in them that are breathing and watching you are susceptible to be tempted. I don't care who you are today. 
This is real talk. So let's let's pray for all of us, including myself. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all of us today. Every man, every woman, old, young, black, white, brown. I don't care what ethnicity. I don't care what denomination, what church background. Lord, I don't care if they're married, they're single, they're divorced, they're engaged, whatever the case would be. I pray for every one of us. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would give us strength to overcome the temptation. Father, you said that you're able to keep us from the hour of temptation that should come upon the whole world. If you're able to keep us from the hour of temptation, surely, Lord, you said in your word that you will provide a way of escape that we are not tempted beyond measure. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will make that way of escape wide. You will make it where it can be seen, where it can be visible. That, Lord, if we're if we're like Joseph, that we have to run and leave a coat in somebody's hands, so be it. If we've got to lose some friends, so be it. If we've got to lose some acquaintances at work, so be it. If we've got to lose our job because we're not willing to commit adultery or fornication in our job to get that raise, get that bonus or get that promotion, then so be it. I say, hell, you can keep your job and I'll keep my ministry. I'll keep my soul. What For what profit is it for us to gain the world and but lose our soul? Father, and I pray that you would empower us by the Holy Ghost and strengthen us to resist these temptations, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that people even now would begin to rise up. Something would rise up on the inside of you and you begin to resist drugs, resist alcohol, resist lust, resist, resist self-gratification, resist pornography, resist lying, stealing, resist cursing, resist outburst of anger. Lord, help you said in your word that if we submit ourselves unto God, resist the devil, that he would flee in Jesus name. So right now we lift up our hands to you, father, and we submit ourselves unto you. We submit our will unto you. We submit everything we have to you. Lord, I would go as far as to say, come on, I want somebody to get real right now. Come on, just give your weakness to the Lord. Put it on the altar. Lord, I give you my weakness tonight. Lord, you, I am not hiding it before you. I give you that fault. I give you that weakness. I give you that thing, that thing that's at that hook in my life. I am laying it at the altar at your feet, asking that you would give me the strength and the ability to turn away and walk away from it. Because I know, and your word says that anything that I give to you and submit to you, and give up to you, you'll return at 30, 60, and a hundredfold in this lifetime and the lifetime to come. And I give you praise. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you honor tonight for the victory in Jesus' name. And Lord, help us not to be offended at any brother or sister, regardless of what their role or position is in the body of Christ. I'm talking about from the pastor all all the way to the parking lot attendee if they are coming to us 
in vulnerability and in their weakness and they're confessing their sin. Lord, your word says, let us confess our faults one to another and pray for one another that we may be healed. Let us not judge them. Let us not uh, be prideful to them because the word says, let he who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. And Lord, I just thank you for this word tonight that is returned, that has gone forth and will not return void, but it will go forth and prosper in that which is sent forth. And it's in the name of Jesus that all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. Listen, God bless you guys. Again, thank you so much for being a part of this broadcast, this podcast tonight. Again, if you, again, if you've not subscribed to our, uh, our podcast, and I say subscribe by downloading our free app. Again, go do that. All the information's there. It's the description of this video. Listen, if you'd like to support this ministry, and if it's been a blessing to you, and encourages you, and equips you, and informs you, um, and you'd like to partner with us, there's two different ways you can do it electronically, through the app, or through the main website. Again, our main website is endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com. If you have the app, go to the bottom, to the right, Click on donate and you can give electronically right there. If you wish to give by check or money order, you can make it out to End Time Headlines, P.O. Box 1391. That's Monroe, Georgia, 30655. That's going to be our, uh, that's going to be our ministry mailing address and where to send the check or money order right there on the screen. So as always, guys, thank you so much for being a part. Hit the subscribe button, the like button, the notifications, all that so that you can be notified of when we are live and when when we're out here uh, doing these podcasts. So we're going to sign off for this weekend. We will be right back here on the 6th of March, which is Monday, Lord willing, and we'll kick off another great week of podcasts. Until then, may the Lord bless you, and may he keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.